Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, welcomes Floyd Brown to the program to show how it's possible for renewal in America to come through peace rather than power. It's truly an exciting time here at Southwest Radio Ministries. We recently announced that we have been given a $1 million matching gift opportunity. That means every dollar you give is matched. It is doubled. Would you consider giving toward this special match? You can help us continue to meet the mission and double your impact when you give today. You can show your support several different ways by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also give online. Visit supportswrc.com. That's supportswrc.com. All gifts given are tax deductible and they all go toward the match. 1-800-652-1144 or visit supportswrc.com. Here's our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, and his guest, Floyd Brown, ready to deliver a practical, biblically-based plan for every American that will lead to the renewal of liberty. Floyd Brown is our guest for this show and the next. He is the author of a new book, Counterpunch, an unlikely alliance of Americans fighting back for faith and freedom. Floyd, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm impressed with your book. It's great to be with you, Pastor Larry. It is possible because through Christ, all things are possible. Amen. And this nation was founded by Christians who literally wrote our Constitution because of their knowledge of Scripture. And as a result, they've given us a lot of tools that we can use to keep this country free and a nation where we can continue to spread the gospel all over the globe. Amen. Well, you speak about the church, and one of the things that really saddens me is is the fact that wokeness is in the church. In fact, you've got the prayer for a weary black woman. It's a good example. Here's the prayer. Dear God, please help me to hate white people, or at least to want to hate them. At least I want to stop caring about them, individually and collectively, close quotes. Wow. And I see that there is wokeness. There is a departure from the Word of God. Is it a pretty hopeless situation with the church at large? Do you see a remnant that's holding on to the gospel, the inerrant Word of God, or what's happening with the church? Well, I absolutely see a remnant, and I see people that are desperate for the real gospel. Hmm. Yes, wokeness has crept into the church, And there's actually a heresy that's crept into much of the Church, and that is this heresy that Christ doesn't reign over every aspect of Mm -hmm. our life. And when I read Scripture, I become a new creation in Christ. And when I become a new creation in Christ, all of a sudden, Jesus is on a list of one, and every part of your life needs to come under his headship. But this heresy has been that there's a separation between church and state, and that politics is dirty, and, you know, we don't really want to be involved in that. And that was fostered by politicians, in particular President Johnson, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who got this Johnson Amendment passed when he was in the Senate. 
because he was upset with what Christians were doing in Texas. And so it began to, you know, cause pastors to hesitate to, you know, talk about what's going on in their communities. I live in Phoenix, and in Phoenix we have a woman that has gotten on one of the school boards. She is one of these transgender activists. And she doesn't identify as a man, and she doesn't identify as a woman. She literally identifies as a cat. So, you know, she's like trans species. And she is pushing all of this in the schools. But in this school district, there's a number of megachurches. And the question is, why weren't the pastors of those churches active in that school board race and allowed a woman like this to begin to dictate what happens in the schools in their community. So it's really important that churches begin to get involved in the town council and the county council. There's a lot of lower-level races that churches can have a dramatic impact on, especially if they work together, and we can restore a lot of what is wrong with America. I really believe that. I love the way you put it. I think we do have liberty because of Christianity. Uh, A lot of people think that we're bigots and we want to force our belief system, our religion on other people. But you have a quote. It's a winner on page 308 from an Orthodox Jew, Rabbi Daniel Lapine. He tells what will happen if American Christianity caves in, quote, Without a vibrant and vital Christianity, America is doomed. And without America, the West is doomed, which is why I, an Orthodox Jewish rabbi devoted to Jewish survival, the Torah, and Israel, am so terrified of American Christianity caving in. So the real tyrants in America, the real oppressors, are not the Christians, but the progressives. Christians are very loving people, and our task is to love our neighbors as ourselves, which is which is hard to do. And it's really important that we continue to be animated by that spirit which Christ gave us. And we're supposed to, as Christians, emulate the life of Christ. And this is why Christians have poured into society, wherever you look, where the homeless are being taken care of, where drug and alcohol abuse is being treated, where you find tough situations, you're going to find Christians that are ministering to the people that are there. And the record of Christianity, I'll put up against any man-made religion, I'll put it up against any social organizations. The truth is, the Christian Church has done more for the world, more for the globe, and more for poor than any other group, period. Yeah, I would agree with that. You bring up another issue. You write that the biggest hole in the elite state's script is Hispanic Americans. And you point out that Hispanic voters are inclined to attend church, pray frequently, and read the Bible. And you point out that I think her name is Myra Flores voted for Barack Obama in 2008, but grew disillusioned and voted for Donald Trump. And so we often hear of Hispanic Americans, they don't like conservative principles and they want to open the border. That's not at all true. And especially the fact that they have Christian values, moral values. They love the family. They love honor and dignity. And there are so many of them who believe that. So indeed, we praise the Lord for Hispanic Americans. Absolutely. And if you 
go into a lot of communities, you're going to find Hispanic churches that have taken over the buildings of older churches that have fallen because their congregation got old or what have you. A very vibrant part of the church in America is the Spanish church and the Latin church. And there's a revival going on amongst Latinos in America. And it's really wonderful to see. And in fact, my wife and I were commenting about it yesterday because as we were driving home from church, and it was Easter, and we noticed that a number of the Mexican restaurants were all closed. (laughs) Right. Right? So Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A was closed, and out here in the West, In-N-Out Hamburger, which is owned by Christians, was closed. But a lot of the Mexican restaurants were closed, too. And as I passed them, I said, praise God, because the people that are running those restaurants wanted to be in church on Easter. Supposing there was a group in America who hated America and all that America stood for, what would they do to destroy this country? And secondly, are we seeing this happen right now? If we look at the script of the current administration, you would almost believe that they are systematically destroying the country. Case in point one, when they came into office, we were almost or very nearly energy independent. And immediately they shut off the ability of oil and gas companies to drill and keep us energy independent. In fact, we're more dependent on foreign energy now than we were before they came into office. They also emptied our strategic petroleum reserve at a time when we have great foreign policy questions. If you look around the globe right now, we have an active hot war in Ukraine. Mm and it's really a proxy war of America against Russia. We have ships circling Taiwan and over 80 planes from a Chinese aircraft carrier over the weekend were buzzing the island of Taiwan, and we are so stretched thin and our Navy so short that it will be almost impossible for us to defend Taiwan. Israel is surrounded by its enemies, and this week, the week of Passover for them, they were being rained on with missiles. Mm -hmm. So there's so many hot spots all around the world. Saudi Arabia is turning to China. Iran and Russia have already turned to China. Pakistan is turning to China. America is getting weaker and weaker around the globe. We have raging inflation at home. Should we lose the reserve status for the U.S. dollar, that inflation could only increase. We are in a very difficult position as a nation. And that doesn't even get to these social issues where this administration has been bombarding schools, almost forcing them to accept this whole drag queen culture and the abominations of transgenderism is beyond mind-boggling, where people basically are standing up and saying to God, we weren't made in your image, and we don't like the sex you made us, and it's all basically war on God. Mm. Well, you spoke about China just a moment ago. I pastor a bilingual Mandarin English church in Oklahoma City, and the, the Chinese people are wonderful people. Millions of them love the Lord. But clearly, America's ruling elites seem to be in love with the Chinese communist government. 
What's going on? I am shocked because China clearly wants to take over the world. That's a fact. In fact, as I mentioned, we have a church in Pakistan and so forth, and so many of the people who are working on the big highways in Pakistan, they're from China. And China's spreading out into businesses, destroying churches, mosques, temples, anything that resembles God. So what's happening with our government? Are we playing footsie with the Chinese Communist Party? I think at least our president and his family has been. We have pretty much shown that they've received huge payments from the Chinese Communist Party. So a lot of our leaders have made huge dollars off of the economic growth in China over the last 20 years. A lot of our Wall Street firms and what have you have made huge, huge strides as a result of investing in China. And so for them, money is more important than our country. And that's something that's really hard to believe, but I think I make a pretty good case for it in the book. People have to understand that the spirit of the age is not to take care of the citizens of America. It's to take care of the elites in America, and it's to take care of themselves. The me generation of the 70s, when they took over government, it became all about them profiteering. So we've had this revolving door in government where they're in government, they're in private business, and when they're in government, they're often doing things so that the private businesses that they've worked with or will work for in the future will do very well because of U.S. government policy. Mm. Well, when I think of China, I believe it's becoming increasingly clear that the Wuhan lab was doing research on bat coronaviruses, and the purpose was to make the pathogen more lethal to people. And I don't know, some 7 million people worldwide have died from the coronavirus, and are we just letting that pass by and we're still doing business with the communist Chinese, the abuse against the Ouijers. Now, I'm, I'm not a Muslim, but I certainly uh, detest, it's an abomination, what's happening to the Ouijers in Xinjiang province. And it seems like hardly anybody is speaking out about that. And also, what's happened to the Christian church. Yes. If you're not part of the government-recognized Christian church in China, then they've been under terrible suppression. You're absolutely correct. China is a Marxist regime, and one of the bedrocks of Marxism is that, quote, religion is the opiate of the masses, and they are trying to replace God with the government. It's almost similar to Rome in that way, the way the emperors would declare themselves to be gods, the same way the the Communist Party of China declares themselves to be gods in China, and they're very expansionist in the way that they deal with the world. It's a grave, grave situation that we face. Do you think, Floyd, that the COVID pandemic was a victory for the elite state? Absolutely. You know, when you look at COVID, it's important to understand that they made huge money off of COVID by suppressing inexpensive treatment options. Right. For example, this very inexpensive drug ivermectin worked very well against COVID, but it was completely suppressed by the U.S. government. And as a result of that, there's 40 new 
billionaires in America. Forty new billionaires were minted as a result of the vaccines, and that would have never been allowed under the rules except for the suppression of ivermectin and treatments that were much less expensive. And people died as a result of it. Yes, and, and I think one of the things that's very shocking, the deliberate underreporting of vaccine side effects I think that's becoming very apparent. Hospitals were paid to report a death as COVID-related, no matter the actual cause. If somebody was hit with a bus, if there was any chance they were near someone with COVID, they died from COVID. That's so obvious. And the uh, the side effects of the vaccine are now being reported more and more and more, even among athletes. Good, healthy American men and women are dying as one of the side effects of the COVID vaccine. The vaccine should have never been approved. It's had huge safety issues, especially when we had inexpensive therapeutics that were available to treat COVID. It was all done for money, and there are people that have literally made billions of dollars as a result. Thank you, Floyd, for being our guest. We're looking forward to having you back for our next show. I will just leave you with this. I am very positive about the future because I see Christians coming together and saving America. And so that's important to understand. God is at work, and all we have to do is tune in to what he's doing and become a part of it. We'll have more from Floyd Brown on how to have true renewal of liberty in America on tomorrow's program. Is it possible for renewal to come through peace rather than power? Floyd Brown says yes. In the book Counterpunch, an unlikely alliance of Americans fighting back for faith and freedom, he lays out a complete step-by-step plan on how you can take part in something that will completely reorder the country under new governing principles. This book will illuminate how we can implement peaceful resistance against the immorality and policies of the radical left to bring a renewal of liberty, freedom, and biblically-based principles back to America. Order Counterpunch by Floyd Brown today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order at our website, swrc.com. Counterpunch issues both the battle cry and a strategic action plan for a populist movement in America that goes beyond any president or political party. 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. Counterpunch by Floyd Brown. Staff Evangelist Josh Davis comes now to share some encouragement from God's Word. I want to ask you a very important question that every single one of us must answer. It has eternal ramifications for each one of us. Can we earn salvation, righteousness, a good afterlife through our good works? In other words, is there something that we can do to earn that, to receive it from God? And why do Christians call the gospel of Jesus the good news. One of the most important passages in all of the Bible 
explains this for us. I'm going to turn to Romans chapter 3 and examine verses 19 down to verse 28. This is just such a great distillation of the truth of the good news. It's very succinct. It's very logical. And as we walk through this passage, I hope that you will discover the answers that these eternal questions present to us. Consider what Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh, no person, be justified in his sight, in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So what are these deeds of the law that it talks about? It's any good work by which we attempt to appease God for our mistakes. I believe in this context, the law is referring specifically to the Ten Commandments. And so what good are the Ten Commandments if by obeying them, we cannot earn righteous credit with God? The purpose of the law is to show us when we've stepped out of bounds. As it says, by the law is the knowledge of sin. Let me illustrate it this way. We use a mirror to show us the dirt on our faces. But we don't wash our faces with a mirror, do we? And that's not the function of a mirror. We need soap. We need water to cleanse our skin. And so, too, the law is like a mirror that reveals to us the sin that's in our hearts. But it cannot cleanse us from our sins. And you know what? It was never intended to do so. That's not the function of the law. Romans 3.23 makes it very plain, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Would you agree with me that nobody's perfect? We've all missed the mark of perfection. It's the idea of an archer shooting at a target downrange. They shoot their arrow and it misses the bullseye. We have all missed the mark. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I know it's not uplifting. I know it's not encouraging to dwell on this bad news. So I'm glad to tell you this is where we move from the bad news to the good news. The good news is that Jesus stepped in to take our guilt and to take our punishment when we stepped outside of God's moral boundaries. We can be, as it says in Romans 3.24, justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Friends, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I cannot get over that fact, and I don't want to get over that fact. When we receive this offer of forgiveness, we are justified. We are declared righteous by the Father. That very instant, we're set free from the penalty of our sins. So in forgiving us, God is both, as it says in Romans 3.26, God is both just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Let's illustrate this important truth. How can God be just with us and with our sins? Think about your most prized possession. Maybe it's some jewelry. Maybe it's a fancy car. Maybe it's a prized heirloom of some kind that's been handed down through the generations. I hope that you have it in mind. Your most valuable possession. Somebody breaks in. They steal that. They take it away from you. They're caught red-handed. They've got that important object in their own possession. They're arrested. Now they stand before the judge. You were there watching all the proceedings. 
You want them to be found guilty. You want your stuff back that they stole from you. They're standing before the judge and they begin to argue, your, your honor, yes, I, I admit I was caught red-handed. I committed this crime. I'm guilty. I plead guilty. But please, your honor, consider how good I've been in my life. I volunteered many hours to help the poor and the needy. Doesn't that atone for this crime? Would the judge be just if he said, you know what, you're right. Your good works do outweigh this one crime that you committed, so don't worry about that. You, you can keep what you stole. You're free to go. Your good works outweigh your bad works. Our sense of justice as we're sitting there in that courtroom watching this guy get to go free and get to keep our stuff that he stole from us, our sense of justice is crying out, this isn't fair, this isn't just. You mean nobody's going to restore my stuff? I'm the victim here. They get to go free? What's going on with this? Friend, God can't be just if he allows our good works to atone for our bad works. But do you know what God can do? He can hold us accountable and he can still set us free. How can he do that? Let's go back to the courtroom and see how he could accomplish this. Suppose the judge now responds to the robber this way. No, your good works do not atone for this crime that you've committed. You broke the law. You've got to face the consequences. So the judge passes a sentence on the robber. Then he does something that nobody would expect him to do. He steps down from the bench. He approaches the robber with an offer to pay the sentence. The judge says he is willing to take the punishment the criminal rightfully deserves, and the judge is innocent of. And friend, can I tell you, that's exactly what Jesus did. He is both just and the justifier. His death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead paid the punishment, not for his sins, but for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of every person on planet earth. And that is the punishment that our sins rightfully deserve. Yet he took it on himself. The bottom line is this. We cannot strike a bargain with God like that robber tried to do with a judge. Our good works are never good enough to atone for our sins. But through His marvelous love, His marvelous mercy, His marvelous grace, Jesus has offered complete and total forgiveness of our sins. Isn't this amazing to consider? And I think it would be so foolish to turn our back on this kind of divine, eternal kindness. It would be foolish not to walk in love with the one who extends such grace and mercy to people like us who are so undeserving. The difference between Christianity and all other world religions hinges on two little letters. All the religions say do, but Jesus says done, D-O-N-E. We cannot save ourselves, but Jesus offered himself to everyone who would receive his offer of forgiveness and salvation. Have you accepted this offer? This is the question for all of us to answer. Don't try to make a deal with God. Humbly receive his offer by faith. The book Counterpunch by Floyd Brown is our featured resource today. Order your copy by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. 
Tomorrow, Floyd Brown will continue to share his plan for true renewal of liberty in America. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.